St. Paul tells us, God has placed all things under Christ's feet and made him head over everything for the church. Amen. My dear fellow saints, the other day I gave my 7th grade catechism students the assignment to work with a partner to write questions for our end of the year Ask the Pastor outdoor session. Here are some of their questions. Where do aborted babies go? If God knew that Adam and Eve were going to be tempted, why did he let it happen? How did God make Jesus 100% God and 100% man? That's not good math. Where does the devil go when there is a new heaven and a new earth? Those are some tough questions. I don't think I knew what I was getting myself into. But Jesus knew exactly what he was getting himself into with his last outdoor session with his students. Forty days after his glorious resurrection from the grave, Jesus gathered his disciples together on a mountain. He told them to stay in Jerusalem for ten more days. Then they would be baptized by the Holy Spirit. He said, Do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for what the Father promised, which you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. They were outside, together, teacher and students. It was a good time for one last session of Ask the Teacher. And so they asked, Lord, is this the time when you are going to restore the kingdom to Israel? The disciples don't seem to get it, do they? They don't understand the nature of Christ's kingdom. After Jesus said he needed to suffer many things, be killed and raised again on the third day, Peter rebuked his teacher saying, Lord, this will never happen to you. Peter did not understand the nature of Jesus' kingdom work. And so Jesus replied strongly, Get behind me, Satan! Later, James and John sent their mom to ask if her boys could sit on Jesus' left and right in his kingdom. Jesus replied, You don't know what you're asking. On Easter afternoon, the two disciples walking to Emmaus said to the unrecognized Jesus, but we were hoping that he was going to redeem Israel. Jesus replied, How foolish you are and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Now it seems that the disciples still don't get it. Lord, is this the time when you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? What a dumb question. After three years of traveling, seminary training, these dim-witted disciples seem to get D's and F's in understanding Jesus 101. Even after Resurrection Day, they're still confused. But I was the one who was confused, not the disciples. Why? Well, I did not pay attention to the context. I focused on what I thought was another dumb remark from the disciples. But I did not focus on the response from Jesus. He doesn't put a palm to his face, shake his head and say, no, no, no. Do you still not get it? Are you still so muddled that you misunderstand my messianic mission? Jesus is like one of the professors I had at the seminary. Professor Panning had a gift of taking a poor question or a wrong answer and making the student feel good about himself by making it sound like it was a good question and a correct answer. And Jesus does that here. Jesus gives a no-yes answer. 
He uses their question to gently redirect them in a different direction to a broader mission. They're thinking small with the restoration of Israel, but Jesus gives them the big picture of what God intends for Israel. They're looking for a when answer, but Jesus gives them a here's how response. They ask, Lord, is this the time when you are going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Instead, he says, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is saying, don't worry about the timetable. That's the Father's business. That's the no half of his answer. Then comes the yes half. Here's what has been given to you, to receive my Holy Spirit and to be my witnesses personally, locally, and universally. The kingdom will indeed be restored to Israel, but in a greater way than the disciples imagined. After he said these things, he was taken up while they were watching, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Jesus had come to earth as God, taking on man's flesh. As the God-man, Jesus paid the price for the sins of all nations on Calvary's cross. He walked out of the grave to give all people his resurrection hope and comfort. He ascended into heaven to be seated at his Father's right hand in the heavenly realms and have all things placed under his feet. As the prophet Daniel had witnessed centuries earlier in a vision, I kept watching the night visions, and there in the clouds of heaven I saw one like a son of man coming. He came to the Ancient of Days, and he was brought before him. To him was given dominion, honor, and a kingdom. All peoples, nations, and languages will worship him. His dominion is an eternal dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. The Messiah, the Son of Man, came to his Father, the Ancient of Days, having accomplished the salvation of all peoples, nations, and languages. To him was given a kingdom that was to span all of the kingdoms of the world, a world that his disciples of all places and times, and that means you, will now be his witnesses as they are clothed with the Holy Spirit. The disciples wanted to return to the former glory of Israel under King David. They were thinking too small. Jesus wanted them to think bigger, grander, and more glorious. They were thinking physically. Jesus wanted them to think spiritually. They wanted to preserve an area, but Jesus wanted them to save souls. Fellow saints, how often don't we become like those muddled disciples? We get it, but not quite. We find our glory in preserving buildings. But Jesus reminds us that his holy Christian church is not a church or a steeple. We open the doors and we see all the people. The people are the holy Christian church. A church is not a building. A church is the people inside the building. We are all tempted, whether we are pastors or church council members, or others in the church, that we revel in the number of members we have, or the number of people we have in worship, or worshiping us online. We revel in our offering totals, or how much money we have saved up in the bank. But Jesus reminds us that 
the only numbers that matter to him are the souls who are hearing the gospel, receiving his baptism, and being ushered by his angels to stand in front of his throne. We spend so much time and effort protecting the little fiefdoms of our church, our buildings, our property, and ministry, that we forget that when Jesus returns, everything we have built will be burned up as he comes back as the angels told the disciples, and he will bring with him a new heaven and a new earth. The only thing that remains is the word of the Lord that endures forever. Jesus sends us out to be his witnesses beyond the walls of our churches. He sends us out with his word and sacraments, not to fill our church buildings, but to grow his kingdom. How do we do that? How do we keep a kingdom mindset? After all, we pray for God's kingdom to come all the time, every week in worship and hopefully every day in your own personal prayers as we pray the Lord's Prayer. It's right there in the second petition, Your Kingdom Come. One of the pastors that we have called to serve as our pastor of growth and outreach here at Water of Life texted a question to me. After looking over our call documents, he asked, So let me get this straight. Epiphany and New Hope are merging together to become Water of Life. Epiphany and First Evan jointly operate Wisconsin Lutheran School. And the Kenosha Church has recently merged to become New Life Lutheran Church. Well, you really like shared ministries over there. I texted back, LOL, I never thought of it that way. Yes, we do. But I could have added that all of our Wisconsin Synod churches in the Racine and Kenosha areas in southeast Wisconsin initially had our start at First Evangelical Lutheran Church in downtown Racine. God's people working together, Christ's soldiers joining forces against the prince of this world. The Spirit Saints doing something better together than they could do separately. You see, God's kingdom is not restored when pastors, people, and congregations jockey for position. God's kingdom is restored when our pastors preach God's word from the pulpits of our churches, when our teachers are sharing the old, old gospel story in their classrooms. When parents are bringing their babies to be baptized, their children to be catechized, their families to receive the means of grace in their ears and on their tongues. This kingdom comes when we realize how special a worship service like this is. That so much in our nation has been shut down for a year, and yet God's Christian church is open for business, for saints to sing, pray, praise, and commune together to celebrate the unity of faith together. This kingdom comes when we set aside petty squabbles and preach the cross of Christ. We hear the still, small voice calling us to repentance before the throne. The voice calling us to receive absolution before the cross. The voice calling us to die to sin and rise to a new life at the open tomb. The voice calling us to give forgiveness to the sinner, hope to the wounded, and life to the dying. 
by the grace of God, through the redemption of the Son and the working of the Holy Spirit, you and I are the restoration of the kingdom of Israel. But out there in the neighborhoods around our churches are those you and I are called to be witnesses to share the still small voice of the gospel so that our neighbors can be restored and become part of Israel too. We are witnesses to the world. That means we get out of our comfort zones. We leave the walls of our churches and speak this small voice into our community. To African Americans around First Evan. To Hispanics and Latinos around our Water of Life Racine campus. To white-collar workers around our Water of Life Caledonia campus. The way we grow God's kingdom is by going with God's kingdom. We often work so hard to protect what we have and what we've built. Tonight, we join with the disciples of old and stare up into the sky. Our ascended Lord is reminding us what he builds as his kingdom is the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that endures. It isn't a church. It isn't a steeple. If you open the doors, you see Christ's kingdom is all the people. We are the kingdom of God. We are the restoration of Israel. We are witnesses of the resurrection. So more and more people will be included in the church, the body of Christ, which is, as St. Paul calls it, the Israel of God. As citizens in Christ's kingdom, let us work together to restore his kingdom, not our own kingdoms. His kingdom, downtown, West Racine, Caledonia, and everything in between and everything beyond. Amen. St. Paul says the church is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Amen.